Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast. Sorry, the Sickos Committee Podcast, because apparently our YouTube closed captioning is the Sickle Committee Podcast. The, the Sickles Community Podcast. Sickles it's Community the, Podcast. It's the Sickle Sickles com- Committee Podcast. Sickle Committee was last episode when we were lamenting the death of the Pac-12. Okay, that makes sense. Now, the Sickles Committee is our far, our far left people's podcast. <clears throat> Mascot, Comrade Puddles. Comrade Puddles. One day you'll return, sir. Shout out, Comrade Puddles. If you know, you know. Tonight, guys, we'll be talking about a bunch of fun college football stuff and other things as we get closer to the season. We are in the middle of August, so we're all doing our studious prep for the season. Friend of the program, Ducky, admitted today he had done no prep so far for the season. And you know what? Sometimes going into the season blind is the better way to do it, I think. Why no Everything's things? a surprise. Yeah. Why no things? I mean, honestly, that that's kind of what it feels like. I don't want to look too far ahead in the schedule because I want to be surprised by the sickos games that we mm-hmm. that we find. I don't want to find them in advance. I, I don't want to do that. I want them to just surprise me throughout the season and, and just feel that unbridled joy of like, oh my god, this game has happened. Or if you're have an awful short term memory like me. You find you realize that Cal and North Texas are playing over and over again and are constantly surprised by it. It's wonderful. Everything's new to a goldfish. Yes. Or, or you you remember where Bob Diaco is and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Bob Diaco's there. Where's where is Bob, Bob Diaco? Diaco? I can't remember. I just looked it up today. <laughs> Bob. I, I literally just looked it up today. Wait, I, have, I don't know who Bob. Uh, why don't I recognize Former Bob head Diaco. coach of UConn. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Former defensive coordinator of Nebraska. He's at LSU. He's an he's a defensive analyst at LSU. Right. I had the sure. same. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. He, by the way, he is Robert Albert Diaco. He's only, he's a, he was only wait, wait. He's only 50? Yeah, he's only 50. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm getting him confused with. Older? Which one? Where? Bob Diaco feels like he should be a thousand years old. Wait, I'm getting him confused with like the longtime Bobby Bowden assistant chuck amato in my head i don't know why okay oh, okay he yeah. was at NC state for a while so let's talk about who we have on the podcast tonight first off as always i'm jordan and i'm with me i've got Kamish, pit girl and then special guests andrew the corn correspondent slash bean broadcaster slash runs a reporter and katie our fsu correspondent katie how are you i'm great guys excited for the season are you excited for uh private equity money to finance oh, florida gosh. state's escape from the acc that's such a mess. Such a mess. Uh, yeah, sure. Great. Not really. No. I'm excited for the Saudis to take over Florida State football. That should be a lot of fun. I, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Beth is here too. Hi, Beth. Hey, it's Beth. Hi. Beth, how are you? Uh... <laughs> cool. Andrew, how are you, sir? Good. I am making a focaccia bread while we record this, so I might be distracted throughout, but I will continue to join in and add various quips. All you gotta do. Pick girl. I'm good. Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Mish? It is Tuesday. That is correct. Yes. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Uh, when we're recording this, yes. Do you feel that energy? Do, do you feel the energy of the season approaching? Like, I, I have this weird excitement, like, it is getting closer and closer. I'm starting to get hyped for week zero in my head. We got tagged in a poll and they were like, the sickos game is, is, is Hawaii at Vanderbilt. And I'm like, why did you pick that one? I mean, you could have picked, you know, UMass at New Mexico state. That's a little bit more up our alley, but we're going to watch both either way. And then that, that stupid Vandy rumor saying that they weren't going to be able to play in their stadium 
because it wasn't ready and they're going to play in a high school stadium. I was like, they caught me for like a minute on that fake tweet. And then I'm, they're just like, they keep tagging us. And I'm like, it's fake. It's not real. They're going to be playing with construction in their end zones, similar to San Jose State. All right. Or Vegas Oregon Stadium State. Or, or Oregon State. Yes. Or the Vegas Vipers. That's right. <laughs> with the scaffolding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no one needs to make shit up about college football. Mm-mm. This sport is stupid yeah. enough as it is. Yes. Don't make shit up. Yes. To us, if it's not real, it's not sickos. Like it, it doesn't, we have to verify the, whatever you state for it to be sickos. I mean, look at, look at what's going on in college football now. It, it's incredibly sickos. We don't need to add more fake stuff. Just let the truth set you free in the sickos football nature here. Let's just do it. Well, we need to talk about to our ACC members here, Katie and Pit Girl first about the ACC breaking into big conference realignment now. <laughs> I need some opinions on Cal, Stanford, and SMU to the ACC. Go. <laughs> I wish podcast. Don't everybody speak at once. Oh, Both sure? of them just hands in the yeah. head. Mm-hmm. I I personally welcome the Stanford tree. Mm-hmm. Pony excess. Like I'm ready for SMU. Mo- I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and Oski. Oski. Yes. Yeah, yeah good right. I, Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting more comfortable. I'm getting I can't, more comfortable. I can't wait to believe that I'm hallucinating Oski drinking through his eye at 2 a.m. Eastern. Yes. Actual like semi-serious answer here. SMU is welcome too. The Pony Express is legal now. But what I think we as the ACC should do, if we're taking Cal and Stanford, I think we should also take wazoo and oregon state and just make them a pod it cuts down on travel costs and more importantly it means that someday there will be a pit washington state game in pullman and i will have an excuse to go and eat my body weight in cougar gold and fireball i'm 100 and that's all i want out of this i'm on board with this i like this I, i i really i hate the realignment stuff and they keep leaving out oregon state and wazoo take them they are awesome bullshit they're so much fun yes mm-hmm. the the beaver coogs alliance you know what if they wind up being the pack two mm-hmm. I, I don't care keep them auto qualifying status the yes. autonomous cougar and beaver one of them has to make i don't care what their record is they have to get a bowl game every year no matter what just those two if if you know they get left behind the beavers the cougars we, we love you i mean I, I think i need to put this on the list jordan but we need shadow <laughs> You know, we had the shadow beaver. We need the shadow, shadow cougar. We need the, the shadow Stanford tree. And we need shadow Oski. Do you guys know of the Isles of Scilly? S-C-I-L-L-Y in, in off of Cornwall in Britain? I don't. Okay, I'm going to drop their flag. I'm dropping their flag in the chat. Yeah, I mostly know the Isle of Man. So this is, this is a place that is a little island off the edge of Cornwall. So if England has that little like tip sort of on the side, it's off of that. And they have a football team there. In fact, they have two. And the football league has two teams. They've played since the 1910s and they just play each other 15 times a year. That's the league. Just the two? Just the two. Just the two. They play each other. It's uh, the Woolpack Wanderers and the Garrison Gunners. They also have a cup tournament, by the way. So there's the, there's the main league and then the cup tournament too. (laughs) This is what we can do. We can just have them play over and over again. And it's fine. I don't care. One is a conference game. The rest are all non-cons. Love it. Mm-hmm. That's it? No, they're, yeah. all, they're all conference I mean, games. Fuck it. They're all conference games. They're all conference. So they, you know, Oregon State and Wazoo, let's say they get 
they get six non-conference games. So like they get to go play other people, whatever, other teams. Mm-hmm. And then for half of their schedule, it is a home and 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 home. Mm-hmm. Serious. <laughs> I think I got the right amount of homes in there. Maybe too many. I don't know. When, when I win the Mega Millions, I will make this a thing. That's right. Oh, when I win the Mega Millions, we're buying a bowl, fucking bowl game series. I, I already <laughs> said I'm buying the New Mexico Bowl. Okay. So we can Wait, put the sickos guy is- on the pot. What does series mean? Tell me more about series. Oh, I don't know. I just, I feel like we should buy not just one bowl game, but have a bunch. What is it? Yeah. Roofflame.com had like 40 of them and they're fake as shit. Yeah. Cheez-Its had two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, right. they did. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should just start a conference and we're going to put Oregon State and Wazoo in it and no one else. Yeah. Fuck it. You guys don't get to I play. That. That's it. You guys can spend all your money 50-50. You yeah, bad bad news, all of you who listen to this podcast. Look to your heart, ask yourself who your team is, and understand that if we're picking for a conference, there's a really good chance that Oregon State and Wazoo are both coming off the board before whatever your team is. Oh yeah, for sure. A very good chance. If you want to talk about something that I didn't think about with realignment, but Brett, Brett McMurphy said it today, that the Pac-12 is having to seek new conference top bowl tie-ins starting in 2024, and then this quote. With leagues expanding to 16 teams, some bowls may feature two teams from the same conference that they didn't play in the regular season. What the fuck are we doing? We live in the dumbest fucking timeline. Truly the dumbest timeline. Linear time was a mistake specifically because it brought us here. We have to go back and fix this. We're rapidly approaching the point where we have to get back into the time, get back into DeLorean and go fix this timeline. College hey Pitt, you want to play Duke in the Pinstripe Bowl? Oh God! Oh, her face. <laughs> her face. I, oh, honestly, face just... it is difficult to think of things I would like to do less. <laughs> and I enjoyed the Pinstripe Bowl the last time I went, but mm-hmm. I don't want to play Duke there. No, thank you. Hey Pitt, you want to play Syracuse in the Military Bowl? <laughs> and, and they and and here's the thing: the big conferences would rather play a fucking repeat game than deign to play a fucking Mac team. So we're going to well, get these awful, I mean, awful matchups as opposed to just... I, I mean, the last time Pitt played a Mac team, the quarterback punched somebody. The, the, the EMU quarterback <laughs> yes, punched yeah. somebody. Also, that's not <laughs> true. No, we've played and lost uh, and also Western beaten Michigan. Western Michigan Western, since then. Western Michigan just talking about a bowl game here. Oh, yeah, bowl sorry. Specific. Bowl specific. Kimish out here threatening us all with a good time. <laughs> yeah, really. That was, that was amazing when that happened. I was like, oh my God, he threw a punch. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Mike Glass. <laughs> Every once in a while, we get a same league team, two teams being in a bowl game. This happened to like San Jose State, Wyoming at one point recently, but it is rare. Well, I mean, I, I did a subsec post on it, and then right. I realized it was actually because of segregation. It happened a lot more. Right. So, yes, I was like, eh. it, it's only happened basically after integration, mm-hmm. full integration, twice. Um, I think it was like 69 and then in 2015. Right. I remember that one. um, It was the Arizona Bowl. It was, yeah, two Mountain West teams and I think it was Nevada and Wyoming, I think. Sure. Okay. I can't remember who it was. Maybe. I don't know. If your conferences are so fucking big that we have to, you have bowl games to put teams together to play, that's a problem in and of itself. Right. And if you're too afraid to play a fucking G5 team and you'd rather just play someone in your own conference, I got, this is just... The wheels are coming off fast, and I'm not happy here. I, I really think it's time for me to take over. Uh, as commish of the Sickos Committee, I need to become the commissioner of, you know, Division One football. Sorry, NCAA. Uh, everybody, back to where you were before. 
Uh, the Frontier Conference is back. How, yeah, how far back are we rewinding? Yeah, this? I we're was going to say, how far back are we going? We're going back. We're going back in time. We're going to the DeLorean days, conference-wise. Independent yes. Florida State. Okay, we're back yeah. there. Independent, independent Florida Indus State back. back. Yeah, independent pick back. Independent Penn Independent State. WV back. Done. Back. Right? <laughs> back. Southwest Conference, wanna, back. Wherever your team wants to be, back. Yeah, right. this is the kin- this is kindergarten commish. Get back to your carpet square. Get back mm-hmm. to your carpet square. It is nap time. Everybody, back to your fucking conferences where you came from and take a fucking nap and stop fucking moving. No more fucking realignment. I really want, God, kindergarten teacher commish is not something I knew I wanted, but it's something that I desperately want now. We need it. I, mean, I know how he rolls it. with one of them. I was in 25. I mean, he already does. He has his corner where he gives us story time, so True. it kind of fits. I do. I have story time. I have another story cooked up for you later. And, uh, you know, I do want to let you know it's not a tumor. That's a little kindergarten cop humor. Yeah, for the young people, there was a movie called Kindergarten Cop starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I yes. remember this movie. Okay, okay. just making sure. Just right. making sure. Most kindergartners are cops. This is well known. That's right. They're I'm all Notre Dame fans. fans. You heard uh-huh. it here first. All yeah. Notre Dame fans. Until they, until they grow out of that face. But hey, Notre Dame, you want to be independent? Fine with us. Keep hanging on to your independence, Notre Dame. Never give in. Never give in, Notre Dame. Never. 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 Hold on to that that NBC contract. Unless you go to the MAC, in which case I'm all about you giving in. Okay. Notre Dame MAC. I like that. MAC Notre Dame, I'm actually all about. It's fine there. MAC. What would be the what would be the weirdest conference for Notre Dame to join? Honestly, probably the MAC. Yeah, the MAC. The MAC feels like the most Notre Dame to the Mountain West. Oh, that's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Notre Dame to the Sun Belt. That feels really Ooh. weird. Ooh. I was gonna say Sun Belt because they're not fun and like yeah, no. Oh. I'd love to see the fighting Irish in Monroe, though. Louisiana. Notre Dame to the SOCON. Notre Dame to the UAC. Yes. To the Whack. Whack is back. Whack. Whack. We have other interesting quotes about this, about various realignment things. The Arizona president. Bobby Robbins on selling Apple TV packages. The quote is, we were trying to think, well, it's going to be like selling candy bars for Little League. That's what you want to do with your million dollar brand. Hi, I am Arizona President Bobby Robbins and I am selling candy bars door to door. Please subscribe to Apple Plus. Plus the Pac-12. Not just the North Base Apple. I know it's not actually going to work this way because money isn't real and none of this is real. So none of it actually conforms to reality. But like, we understand that this isn't a collapsing industry, right? Yeah. Like ESPN's laid off what feels like 60% of their workforce. Mm-hmm. Cable companies are so strapped for everything. We have the writers and the actors on strike right now because nobody can figure out how to actually make money out of like media companies and entertainment generally. So you have to think that the next time they go to negotiate these contracts, it's going to be like, here's $7 and some bottle caps. You can split 16 ways, I guess. This is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Then no, we the ha- line's going to go up forever, Beth. Yeah, right. No, line, line goes up line forever. Go up forever. It never goes down. We're just talking about line go up. Line go up. That's, why they, that's why the Florida State private equity is a great idea. It's a great idea. What could possibly go what wrong? What could possibly go wrong? There was never a crash in 2007, 8, or anything like that. No. Nothing, not nothing. Oh my gosh. College football is going to cause our next great recession. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I kind of am that, terrified and also can't wait. It's going to be great. The big, when Bain Capital rolls into Tallahassee and lays off Renegade, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big problem. Sorry. I just can't wait till we're talking about Big Ten tranches. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
You know they're going to blame your, the NIL on that. You got your Ohio State tranches up here. Down here at the bottom, you got your Indiana tranches. These, they're garbage tranches. But we, oh my but God. we got a Big Ten, and the whole thing looks good. I'll tell you what, the Big Short 2 is going to be one hell of a movie. But also, Miami is going to be heavily involved in all of this. The University oh. of Miami. Uh, Miami but they were heavily involved be... in the first Big Short. Yeah, they're just, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I mean, Miami's going to be underwater. Maybe literally, too. Yeah, in, in oh, many no. different ways, Miami's going to be underwater. <laughs> oh, my God. Just sell them to FIU at cost. FIU, Miami on the do- Miami on the pennies on the dollar. FIU North. So many mergers and acquisitions. I can't wait. So FIU, excited. Miami, and FAU merge. Like, all college football teams come together to form, you know, one. And Florida Gulf Coast University, maybe, too. Yes, sure. Them throw throw yeah. them in there, too. Why not? UCF and UF are going to merge. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, oh, God. Would that be, like, UCFF? Or I don't, I don't know. The Citrigator. The Gator Knot. The Gator Knot. I, like I love that. The would actually be cool as hell. Not You're gonna see to every single school from like Tennessee to Penn State merge into the free state of Appalachia University. <laughs> That's right. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and still That's different. That's different from App State. And, <laughs> and Louisiana Tech and ULM will never merge. They just no. hate each other. So much no. it's never, never, never. I swear. <laughs> What would happen in Texas? There's so many schools there. Oh, gosh. We also had Arizona State AD Ray Anderson discussing the move to the Big 12 going, I promise I'm not going to Morgantown. I'm going to sign that to an AD John Boyd. He can go to Morgantown, but send me to Texas in the rivalry with Arizona and starting a new one with BYU, Utah, and Colorado. And so I put in the notes, Beth, please yell at him. You fucking asshole. You don't hear me out here being like, I'm not going to go to Arizona, but that's it sucks. Like, there's plenty of cool things in Morgantown. And you know what? We're just fine with you not coming by, I guess. That's totally cool. We'll keep all the Tudor's Biscuit World to ourselves. And you can go to, I don't know, wherever you want to go, staying in your own state or staying nearby. So I guess no frequent flyer miles for you. Like I ugh. I would like additionally to add that he is a coward. Well, yeah, and that pit fan, there are many pit fans, including me, going to Morgantown, despite the reputation that some West Virginia fans, not the one on this podcast, have about being unwelcoming to opposing fans. And yet, you don't think that Arizona State students and West Virginia students are going to get along fucking swimmingly? It's going to be great. It is. We had a bowl game against them. Oh yeah, and yeah, people got along quite well, as I understand it. We're gonna have. You want to talk about bull babies? Let's get some bull babies up in this, okay? <laughs> get some moonshine going. And yeah, I got bull babies. It's great. I'm excited for this. Bull, bull babies. Sure. Bull yeah. babies. That's a thing. That's sure that's a thing. Start making moonshine tequila cocktails. I mean, okay. 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 A Morgantown sunrise. Oh, nice. Oh, no. I, I mean, moonshine with a little half, orange juice. Half, half, half añejo. Half, half añejo. Half moonshine. Use the lemon drop moonshine. It'll be better for this. And then you pour grenadine on top. Oh, yes. And then uh, a little coal dust on the rim. It has to be. And then you drop it. Yeah, then you drop a shot of fireball into it. Now you get it. (laughs) Good morning. And it has to be enjoyed on like a flaming couch, a burning couch. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if you want to make it like... If you want to do it like the fancy way, like the over-the-top milkshakes, then you take one of the like two fist size uh, biscuits from Tudor's Biscuit World and you just like cut it a little bit and just put it on the rim. Ooh, yes. Like a fancy, like one of those over-the-top fucking uh, 
Tomato cocktail, help me. Yeah. Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys. Yeah. Here's a flake. Yeah, like here's a flaky bread softball to enjoy with your beverage. <laughs> if there isn't a cocktail called the Flaming Couch, we need to develop it this season. I'm sure there is. There's got to be one. Flaming Couch. Flaming Couch. Google, Google search. Flaming Couch. Uh, Google just gives you the Flaming Couch. Here's my, so here's like my immediate autocorrect. I went Flaming Couch Drewer, and I got Flaming Couch Drink Recipe, Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> The yeah, first I... article, however, is a PA brewery launching the burning couch drink. Okay. So, um, so my my first three results: uh, the burning couch by Brewing Green, burning couch by Abolitionist Aleworks, and then yeah. and then the next one after that is Flaming Mo's. Yeah, I got the Flaming Mo, and then I got a Southern Comfy Couch. <laughs> okay, I d- okay, I did find one. It's called the Ignited Couch Bomb. Oh. This is 1.5 ounces moonshine, six ounces Mountain Dew, fire optional. Hold no, on. Um, I scrolled down further and it said BYU studies burning the couch. Uh, the world is riddled with grace shot through. <laughs> no, I'm not going to read anymore. Shot through controversy and love and like <laughs> child's eyes staring back at you in the mostly darkness of the morning. What the what hell? What's going on? And then it's and then right below it. Etsy burning couch. <laughs> what? I don't know. We have, we have broken Google. Holy shit. I, I just want to take a second to shout out one of the PA breweries who is now making a beer called Couchfire. Shout out to Springhouse in Lancaster. Uh, despite their predilections to make WVU-inspired beer, they make great beer. They're from my hometown. Would recommend. I googled flaming couch drinks, and the third one down is a Reddit post where they have a video of a server accidentally like dropping one of those, you know those um, shots that they light on fire? Yeah. Dropping it onto the patron and her pants catching on fire. Okay. Oh, great. no. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's not good. That's why that's, that's why most bars don't do flaming shots anymore. Yeah, it's not a good idea. It's a terrible I remember idea. doing that as a bartender in college. I did a yeah. lot of I, I made a lot of flaming shots. I'm glad I'm safe. I'll just say that. No burns. We're good. Well I'll share it. You, it is important to understand that like part of what makes the couch burning thing a thing at West Virginia is not the fact that like they take couches and they light them on fire. It's the fact that they take couches, they light them on fire on top of Sunnyside Hill, and then they roll them down to the bottom of Sunnyside Hill. Okay. They're moving flaming couches. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So this think of it more like a very exciting parade. <laughs> <laughs> a better Rose Bowl parade. Take that. Yeah. Take that, Rose Bowl. It's it's a fun thing that like you're walking back to your car and you're like, oh hey, look, that's a Pontiac Sunfire. That's on fire. That's right. That's right, Ray McDonald. You know, again, you could be going. I'm sorry, Ray Anderson. Ray McDonald, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's right, Ray Anderson. You could be going to that couch parade because we know you're not gonna go to the Rose Bowl parade. And let's be honest, you're the Arizona State ID. I think we all know where you'd feel more at home. I'm gonna go to BYU. Yeah, that makes sense. Why would a Big Twelve team be in the Rose Bowl? Big 12 teams don't go to the Rose Bowl. Arizona State's a Big 12 team. That's right. TCU went to the Rose Bowl that one time, but also we live in the worst timeline. I hate this. Take us back. When I said that, it was awful, right? It's awful. When I said that, like everyone's body's like, I saw all of you. We're back. That's it. Back in the TARDIS. Marty, we got to talk about your kids. It's your kids, Marty. We got to fix your kids. Did we go back too far and now the Rose Bowl will just take everybody and by everybody, I mean mostly just Pitt? This seems like a good problem. We went too far. We went too far. far. Marty, we got to put Tulane back in the SEC. Okay, that, that, okay. It's the, it's the end of Back to the Future 1. But when Doc comes up, it's not like, Marty, Marty, we got to fix the SEC. We got to get Tulane back. But it's also the end of Back... But it's also the end of Back to the Future 3, because we're not even using a car for this. We're trying to make a steam train do this. 
Sorry for the spoilers for Back to the Future 3. Oh, yeah, by the way, in, in, <laughs> case, in case you haven't watched Back to the Future 3 yet. We also, of course, had someone chip in on his opinion on Converse Realignment. It was Jimbo Fisher. And Jimbo Fisher opened his goddamn mouth and said, unfortunately, we're in a time now that everybody's fighting over the dollar. In the, in the notes I put here, Katie, please yell at Jimbo Fisher. The aristocrat. I can't even yell at this. Yes. Yes. I can't even yell at this man anymore. Just, babe, babe, let's rethink something. Oh, that man. That man. I, yeah. Shutting, well, shutting up is always an option. Not saying anything is also yeah. an option. The hypocrisy of all of these coaches, though, talking about this, and I'm like, buds. Like, oh. I will give a shout out to Eli Drinkwitz. I appreciated his comments. That was very What nice. did he say? Uh, he, he was very, very well, well thought out and talking about the athletes um, and, and what they're going through and that we didn't think about the athletes athletes when this was done. Also, um, you know that, that meme from The Onion? It's just the worst guy you know. Mm-hmm. Makes a great point. Uh, Mike Gundy uh, had some really, really good words. Uh, I, I kind of really appreciate his thoughts here. I, let me see if I can find what he said. Kind of shocking. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah damn. The worst guy we know really did have some. Yeah. Good so here, here you go. He's going to be next. Good Lord. So I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to preface this. This is Mike Gundy. He was asked this spring when he told me he suspects the future of the college football as a 30 team mega conference and why he thinks that uh, first off, he started. I'm a man. I'm 40. Gundy then said, he's not 40 anymore. Well, I mean, he still wants you to believe it there. It's still his 40th birthday. Just like everybody going to celebrate. I'm still 29, whatever. It it doesn't matter. Whatever. I'm a man. I'm, is he 50, 52? I have 55. That was 15 years ago. Oh my God. All right. I'm a a man. I'm 55. Uh, uh, Mike Gundy said, they're going to pay big money to put it on TV and those 30 schools are going to thrive. They're going to be rich. Their athletic departments are going to be rich and their sports are going to thrive. And then the other schools that don't make it, uh, they're just going to hold on. I think that's eventually what's going to happen in college football because everything we do is driven by the television market. Like they want to shorten games. People say, what do you want? They don't care what I want. It's what TV wants. TV runs the show. I don't run the show. TV pays all our salaries and all our scholarships and everything we do. TV runs the market. Whatever they want, that's what we do. They called and wanted us to play on Friday night. I said, who does? They said, TV. I said, that's, I think that's great. <laughs> what about uh, the high school football conflict? I love high school football, but high schools ain't paying my bills. Is it, is it like the broken clock, yeah. right? Twice a day or something? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? I'm a man. I'm... I'm 55. 55. Jesus we got to go back in time. It's 55 miles, you know, 1955. You know, right? Doesn't that, doesn't that work with the Back to the Future it was, thing? It wasn't 55 Maybe miles per hour. It was 88 miles an hour. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. He's a man. Sammy Hagar can't drive 55. He can't drive 55. He's a man. He has an AARP discount. <laughs> you can sign up for AARP at any age, by the way. Don't let yes, don't you let your age stop you from getting those sweet, sweet Hey, girl, you signed up. I am not, but one of my work besties is, still is and she's my those. age. I'm getting the mailers. Those still get trashed every time. I, yep. I think same. I got my first mailer when I was 23. I almost considered signing up the other day when I I looked at a Buick and I said, "Hey, that's not half bad." Oh God! Oh, damn. oh my God! <laughs> was it a brown Buick? Oh my God! Yeah, I was like, oh, "What is I, wrong with you?" I've just turned to dust. What color was it? It was a nice silver. So it, it's oh, fine. That's... Um, it's. I feel like I, okay. they only come in silver and brown. White. Oh, like beige, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very like neutral, yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I looked at it and, you know, the other career that I have, I was like, oh, this is a really safe car. Five star safety. Oh, my, oh my fucking God. No. Just buy a Volvo. <laughs> Don't Good buy Lord. a golf cart. Hey, you, what did you say? <laughs> buy a golf cart. What did you say? No, no, no. Pit girl. A Volvo? I already have one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. This has been the Dylan Thomas hour. And then the, the fun thing that I learned in, in college that all the cool kids are all the teenagers in, in, in China. They want Buicks. Okay. Wait, really? Yes. So are you trying to tell us that instead of an old man, you're a cool Chinese teen? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Before we got on here, Katie admitted that she had started watching the Johnny Benzel documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I stopped it like halfway through. Uh, Guys... I have to admit, he is one of my favorite college football players because he was so much fun oh, to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He is like, one of he is one of the definitions of a college football player. I oh, and watching when they like, I think I'm 40 minutes in. I'll finish it before I go to bed. Watching when they beat Miami or not Miami, sorry. Oh god, that's 40 and slip there. Um, watching when they beat Bama. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It's just so much fun. Oh, somebody has spotted Jay Arnold, a podcast guest. Yes. In- in the uh, dock in the background, just screaming after a, a oh, big win. Oh, fun. I need to watch for that. Yeah. The two interesting things I have to talk about from this are that first, the documentary apparently talks about his time with the Cleveland Browns and that he watched zero tape. Like his iPad that timer said 0.00. 0. You know what? I commemorate those who can reduce their screen time. Uh, yep. We're all trying to lower it. That's right. Good for him. You guys, the other day, I thought about this. Like, if anyone ever asked me my screen time, I think I would be more, like, if I had to admit nope, it, I, I would refuse. be mortified. No. That is between it's, me and Apple and God. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is bad. Mm-hmm. If I should be actively working to make it better, and I, ooh, it's bad. See, I, I, I... You should live the Johnny Mandel lifestyle, then. I, I, I mish mine up, because a lot of times I'll keep YouTube open while I'm listening to something. And so if my wife ever looks at my screen time, I'm like, oh, well, I had YouTube open up. Like, I just used, I was using it for audio. I was just listening to things. It's not my full time. It can't be. It's so important to keep everything in your life in perfect balance. And it just so happens that you happen to need more vibes to make up for like a little bit of thought weight. Mm-hmm. Johnny Melzell understood that. He understood, he understood that your life needs to be at least 96% vibes to counteract the 4% of thoughts. That's that, just science math. That is that is good coaching. Mm-hmm. I need you to be my life coach. For that. That's great. <laughs> You're just justifying everything. It's great. Beth, you've got you've got a third act now, and it's life coach. The the best part of all this was there was an article from the Guardian, the UK Guardian, that I'll read the full quote here, talking about that Alabama victory. That victory, the film rightly points out, didn't just make Manzel a household name across the U.S. It also changed the economics at Texas A&M. A military school in the Lone Star hinterlands. <laughs> Just the absolute shade. <laughs> as soon it as they said here. hinterlands, like the Game of Thrones theme just started going in my head. I want to point something out very quickly. <laughs> Prior to Jimbo Fisher coming or going to Texas A&M, I would have defended, especially with Johnny Mansell there and Kevin Sumlin, defended Texas A&M to the death. Like, reading this, I'm like, no, you cannot say that about, like, Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M. But because Jimbo Fisher's there now, I'm like, no, I can't defend them. That's just bullshit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the, my, and I try to explain, like, my alliances in college football to friends, and they're always like, this makes no sense, and I, like, yeah, anyway, sorry. 
This description of Texas A&M has sort of the same energy as that time that they tried to make Mexican food on Great Great British Bake Off. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they kind of get it. They kind of get it, but they also Guacamole. really, really don't. And someone's over there, like, trying to peel an avocado with a potato peeler. <laughs> say that again, Andrew. How did they say guacamole? Guacamole. <laughs> it makes it sound like A&M is West Point, but, like, Brigadoon. It only comes off the, mm -hmm. the mists every seven years. And this rev guides you down. I'm picturing it like where Texas Tech is based off of this description too. And there's just like tumbleweeds rolling by. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. Of course, if you ask me to describe, okay, where is, I don't know, whatever school in the UK, I'd probably have a similar thing. I wouldn't describe it as the hinterlands. And unless it's a military academy, I probably wouldn't call it a military school. But there are many AM fans who are looking at this and going, like, this is fine. Like, this vibe is correct. I, I, it's, most, it's mostly right. They got there. So Out in the hinterlands, there be buckies. Hinterlands, the, I mean, even the definition is like, oh, it's <laughs> unmapped, uncharted territory. It's fucking College Station. There's a buckies there. There are major highways there. This has a big, like, Lil O Clemson vibe <laughs> to it. Oh, yeah. Whenever someone, whenever someone describes, like, it's like, oh, you know, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, this small town out in the middle of the desert. Motherfucker, it's got like five million people. There's a reason why they're all dying of heat struck out there. It's like the fast, I think it's still the fastest growing city in the whole country. Like, I mean, don't move there. The The concrete will burn your skin, but people do. Before I get to Der Wiener Schlinger, and I'm very excited to talk about <laughs> Der Wiener Schlinger. Trust me. It's not in the show notes, but I need to talk about it a little okay. bit. Okay. Did you guys see uh, Brion Ramsey Brooks, the TCU oh, yes. offensive lineman? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop the. Oh my god! I've watched the... that YouTube video so many times, and yeah. I giggle. I giggle throughout. Gonna the have, whole we, thing. we are gonna. We are gonna do a joint link watching in a moment. Okay. This, this young. This young gentleman is a freshman at, tech, at TCU. He's from Dallas, Texas. Went to South Oak Cliff High School. Won the five A D two championship last year. This boy is 455 pounds, six foot five. He's an offensive lineman. Yes. And we're going to watch some video of him playing. And you're going to see someone do things that, oh my God. It's a lot of fun. I don't remember who said it, but I, th I think it might have been Kamish. Um, but yeah, on these stat sheets, they always like to inflate the numbers a little bit. But <laughs> this guy, he looks it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, when they. When they weigh in, they tend to fudge the numbers, but we're going to believe yeah. TCU on this one. <laughs> when he was dominating opponents in high school, he was only 380. Yes. So apparently only. he's put on 75 pounds. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm going to bring this up and we're going to see how fast this kid is because holy hell, he is fast and big. The best part about this is that I'm, they keep giving him the little like circle highlight. You don't need it. You don't need it. There okay, you go. Uh, uh, here so, we go. Enjoy. We can, I mean, put the music on. I don't care. It's, yeah, yeah it's I got you. I got whatever. you. Oh, that's where he is. Oh, that poor kid is trying to defend him. Oh, this was. Yeah. This was the screen. Bye. Oh. Bye. Oh. This, one, this is when he just takes him through the entire end zone. Bye. On the track. Keep going. You're, you're coming with me. <laughs> so, some say that they're, he's still being pushed through the bleachers to this day. It's gone. 
If you're a running back, like, why don't you just follow him? Oh my him? god. Oh. This is my favorite. When he pulls on the screen. Green. Watch the, the high school quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so, watching these videos makes me wish the Piesman was still a thing. Oh yeah. god, yes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if this guy ever gets a fumble recovery? Oh my god, we're gonna go nuts. I'll be so happy. It's like watching a tree run. This is I'm amazing. gonna start I'm I'm gonna follow TCU just for this player. Yes. Oh my god. I mean, he's a freshman, but yes. Cool, I have four years to follow TCU. Yes, you do. I mean maybe five. Drags him. Oh my god. It, it, he, like, he has the two him linemen the by himself. I bet he'll see playing time this season. He's so maybe. big. You can't teach size. Hi. That was, that was I, I think I could run through that hole. Where's the one? Where's the other one that I'm with? Yeah, that's the one he's sitting on top of him. That was amazing. There's another one that is. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I think. Oh, this one. This one. Here it is. No, that wasn't. Wait, one more. I'm waiting to see. It. Oh my God! <laughs> like some of these, he does it so nonchalantly too. Yeah. It's like the Steven Seagal karate video where he just kind of like moves and everybody goes flying. Yes. God, it's just so good. It's so good. it's like it's like two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, there it is. Again, if you were a running back, just follow him. Like, why would right you there? Think? Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that one. Just follow him. Amazing. I cannot wait to watch my Neil Brown coached team deal with this. It'd be great. You're gonna love it. So many. You see, so many players they're making business decisions on their lives. Just going like, nope, I'm going to opt out of this play. So one of our followers said, like, I would just say I had mono that week. <laughs> we got some breaking news. Beth has announced uh, via the uh, the podcast chat she is now joining the ACC. I'm very excited, and I look forward to my future in my new conference. We're so glad to have you. And lastly, for our new segment, we have Der Wiener Schlinger, which is Iowa's <sighs> air-powered hot dog gun. Yes, Iowa invented the air-powered hot dog gun in food delivery. I put this in in the notes again because I wanted particular people to yell at things. So the the corn correspondent, the bean broadcaster, and the runs a reporter, uh, Nebraska, Andrew, the Nebraska one, please yell at Iowa. Go right ahead for this. Okay, I am not going to pretend that Nebraska has invented the taco cannon or the Sorry, not the taco cannon, the hot dog cannon. Mm -hmm. I'm sure other schools have done it. Plenty of people have probably seen a t-shirt cannon and said, what else can we shoot out of this? But Nebraska is the one that, at least around here, is most famous for it. We have a home field apparel shirt for it. Let's say I own that shirt. I need to get that shirt. I don't own it yet. The the one thing is, I'm surprised Nebraska didn't trademark the name Der Wiener Schlinger. I don't know if maybe Wimmers, the company that's now branding with iowa maybe they own the name and they're allowed to do it but also with the coming of matt rule we now have a gatling gun yeah you so do. if you want to get into a hot dog fight iowa bring it let's go we also oh yes pick girl i have done some hasty research and the internet has indicated to me that the hot dog cannon was invented by Hatfield Meats, which makes the official hot dog of the Phillies, and it debuted in 1996 in Philadelphia. With the Fanatics, yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, also, 
I said taco cannon earlier, University of Nebraska Omaha, they briefly had a taco shooting gun for their hockey hockey games. Oh, I love so that. yes. Please are... tell me it shot hot hard shell tacos. No, Please. they were they were soft shell. Oh, okay. They, they were like they were not true, cowardice. They were not true street tacos, but they were in that style, wrapped in tinfoil and launched. And I remember the fun 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 fest down in Austin, I believe. They kind of elbowed omaha for that because apparently they had a taco gatling gun so really it's just meat missiles food missiles warfare all over yeah i was not innovative for this they're just stealing okay so you can shoot your meat projectiles out of whatever siege weaponry you choose to do but i have serious problems with the names of this because you're trying to make a fun german pronunciation joke and my friends you spelled wiener v-i-e-n-e-r the letter v in german is pronounced f like the letter f so you made der Fienerschlinger. good job idiots (laughs) i'm I was just thinking about what would be a kind of weirdly dense food you could shoot. What if you launched Chipotle burritos mm. oh, God. at that You'd speed, right? This is, this you know is a the Simpsons episode when Mod dies. Just saying the mods. Yep. Uh, the, the Mod Flanders episode. Yep. Have what about you... just uncooked potatoes? That's a potato gun. I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah, a, that's, that is a weapon. Okay, okay, fine. See, Have any of you ever used like a t-shirt gun or a hot dog gun or anything? Yeah. No. I made a radish gun once. It could shoot very, very far. <laughs> so my senior year, I was my undergrad's mascot, and I got to use the t-shirt gun, and it is a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm still thinking about like siege war- weaponry, because Beth specified siege weaponry. Mm-hmm. What if we put a whole ham in a trebuchet? Oh god. I love that. Okay, I like your idea. I don't feel like it has enough gunpowder. How, how does ham mortar treat you? Ooh. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Just lob it right over the walls and put a big dent in the other side. We're, ham we're just, ham cannon, but like an actual now, like revolutionary war cannon. Yeah. We're just now going to relitigate World War 1 with food. This is just what this yeah. is. What if the Paris guns but a side of beef? The University of Hawaii uh debuts their spam cannon. Oh, now, now, wait a second. You might be onto something here. Now we're back in the second battle of Ypres, oh, but okay. Yes, yes. We're just going to take had, the lids off some spam canisters. If I had spam musubi flying at me, I would be so happy. I'm just going to say that. Before we go to our second half, <laughs> let's talk about our, let's plug our things first. Plug first the off, things. we've got our Sigos committee Patreon and Discord for $5 a month. You get access to our extra podcasts and our Discord. And the ability to throw in ideas and all sorts of stuff. The chat on there right now, today we've been talking about a bunch of stuff. I've been dragging up old newspaper articles about why the forward pass sucks. I found a beautiful one about Fielding Yost in 1908 being like the forward pass is the most, it was described as a promiscuous thing. (laughs) Can we like put that in an old timey font and put it on a t-shirt, please? Uh, Yes, I will. I will absolutely do that. Also, we have Commission's Corner. Episode four is coming out this Friday. The mini podcasts are all available on our Patreon feed and you can get them directly in your podcast player as long as that player is not uh, Spotify. You can play it on Patreon. They they can do like one and a half speed, uh, 1.2 speed, whatever. Uh, The podcast player on Patreon has improved a lot. Uh, overcast just download overcast i mean just go to overcast get the rss feed go that way we have instructions on patreon for that um i i realize now that i i okay i i need to do that tonight so anybody wants to join me for that one you're welcome to also have a merch store 
That's at sickos-committee.selfi.store. We've got our new Sickos weather service gear, as well as some stuff for the fall. So make your purchases now. Shout out to the Message Board Geniuses podcast. They go to all those awful places that I refuse to go because Lord knows my brain didn't want to rot like that. We also oh. did. Go ahead. Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to three-year letterman, like his NASCAR dog profile mm -hmm. that, that wanted to ban fall funerals also. <laughs> That was hilarious. I know it's not a real post that people think is a real post, but it's I mean, he's amazing. He's the one that said it. How how old have you barked at somebody before, and how young until you bark at somebody? So he, like banned fall funerals. He's like, you know, you can put the body in a freezer, and then have the service after the season's over. Because if you die during the season, you're just being selfish. If you have when you think about it. Great Grandpa Obadiah is really nothing more than a wedding cake topper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> two for one, get a twofer. That's a big cake. <laughs> it's incredible. Grandpa Obadiah goes into the pop out of the wedding cake and just doesn't make it, and you've got a twofer right there. Uh huh. <laughs> what's what's what's? Um, it's like the it's like an uh, the opposite of a New Orleans funeral. Oh, it's like the the celebration part happens first. What's a what's a what's <laughs> What's well, a cremation oven except a giant cake baker? Yeah. Keep going. Everyone just wins. Yeah. Like first first you bake the clay the cake and then you just put it on self-clean for the oven. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Then we have no context football season preview for 2023. For ten dollars, you get all the preview you need, including interviews from athletes and every FBS team. Kamish wrote a nice little preview for it for our Sickos games this year and what we think is going to be sickos about the year. So you can buy that. We've got our Substack and our YouTube channel on Substack. We have our sickos committee, weather travel and football master almanac. We have our Missouri Valley football conference preview coming up on Monday. And once I get my shit together, I'm going to have mine done. We also have the NEC and Patriot league on Wednesday, the MIAC and the SWAC on Friday, the pioneer and the OOAC coming out soon as well as the socon and the southern and, and southland the, and lastly if you need some other gear that's not sickos gear for the fall go to homefield apparel and check out what they have this week they are getting new kent state gear it's their first drop and refreshes on kansas kansas state and mizzou if it's your first time ordering use code yes ha 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 yes that's three ha's for 15 percent off your first order if it's not your first order Use our link and we get a little kickback anyways. It would be wonderful. Get your Derviner Slinger shirt. Yeah, they have one of those too. Sorry, Derviner Slinger. Yeah, Derviner Slinger. I'm excited and I like that Homefield's doing this, like just basically putting hated rivals all together with the refreshes. Just to, like, oh yeah, well, you know, just basically not angering everybody, but then like, hey, more people bought stuff. So, well, I'm, well, I'm, I mean, there's there's two Big 12 teams here and then SEC team. What are you talking about? I don't know. Kansas and Mizzou I have. Said, I said we got to go back. They're all in the same conference again. They're all in the same conference, and it's the Big 8. It's the Big 8. Or maybe, was it the Skyline? Or are we going back to the Big 6? Whatever the big it was. The, big... the biggest 6. And then, Kamish is going to lead us through our best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. Both Satwa apps 500 at, we are on part 40 of 41. We're here. I just the excitement, like the season's coming. We are, we, I cannot believe we are this close to finishing it. We have one more school to go after this evening. And part 40 of 41. We've done 40 of these. Can you believe that? Now, here's no. the thing. You think we're, this is our penultimate one. So you're like, 
we're going to bring out the big guns for this. Yeah. And we did. Kamish, what are we covering? We're talking about the Buffalo Bulls. That's what I'm talking about. You're talking about UB, not UB40, not Red Red Wine. I'm sorry, uh, Kamish, I believe, I believe this is SUNY Buffalo. SUNY Buffalo? SUNY Buffalo. I believe that's you're, what they would have. You're going to get all the Buffalo fans up in our mentions. They're gonna SUNY be, Buffalo. They're gonna be are, they, so are, are they the flagship? I don't know. Are they the oh. flagship SUNY school, maybe? I don't know. I haven't mm. heard that. Well, do you, tell, tell us all about the Bills, Kamish. The Bills. <laughs> Again, I honestly, I've had trouble not calling them the Bison. I don't know why. But I want to call them the Buffalo Bison. <laughs> I don't. So if that happens throughout this, uh, you know, throughout this, I apologize in advance because it's, if you do, if you do it once, I'm going to cut it out and put it over every other Bulls mention. You okay, correctly. All right, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to 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 go with the Buffalo Bulls uh, because I was struggling with this, and I'm probably gonna I'm gonna mess it up. So if you want to cut it and put it over everything, that's fine. So I want to give a shout out to 1897 Buffalo. They were nine and one. They beat Syracuse twice in back to back weeks. Once in Buffalo, once in Syracuse. Shout out to them. Wait, why did they play back to back weeks? Do we know? Again, 1897. You're gonna play whoever's closest to you. Sure. You're not you're not traveling far in 1897. Uh, give a shout out to 1899 Buffalo. They went six and zero, and they didn't have a coach. No coach. That may be coming soon. We may have some graphics on what schools just, were. Just goes to show coaches aren't necessary. I think coaches coaches could be overrated. I don't know. <laughs> They're just there to. We're like trying to like yeah. Prophesy. They're just there to collect paychecks. We don't need them. There is, there is literal. There were literally yeah. rules back in the day that said coaches could not coach during a game. Like yeah. that was discouraged heavily and penalized if coaches were seen as what is this, coaching is this wimbledon rules it mm-hmm. seems that way so they, they adopted wimbledon rules back in the day uh we're, we've been compiling stuff to figure out which school has the bec- best record with no coach so we we've we've gotten a little spreadsheet going there uh, uh also their program shut down from 1903 to 1915 then they returned uh i did want to give a shout out to 1959 buffalo eight and one and then also 2018 Buffalo, 10 and 4, their only 10 win season in school history. So shout out to all those Buffalo teams. The team that I selected as their uh, best team of all, uh, best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time uh, is the 1958 Buffalo Bulls. 1958. There's the picture of the Buffalo Bulls team right there in color, which is nice. Their head coach. His name is Richard Offenhammer, or it could be Offenhammer, but I'm going to call him Offenhammer. And I don't yeah, care. do that. But he, he, his, his Wikipedia profile, uh, it, he goes by Dick Offenhammer. So we're going to go with that, even though in the yearbook it says Richard Offenhammer. Uh, it is. Are the coaches all wearing knickerbockers? I. It is. It is. It looks is, like it. Yeah. This is straight. Mm-hmm. This is straight like 1950s New York stuff. Like it's incredible, even though it's all I mean, in upstate New York. Look at his look at his jacket on yes. on his coach's pick. Yes, that's a beautiful also, stripe on that jacket. Yes, he looks like he could be in the Bowden family, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we just take a moment to appreciate like the collar and the lapel of that jacket? Because whoever's lining up that stripes. Oh yeah, no, like, it's excellent tailor. Striping, yeah. Oh yeah. Good tailor. Good job. Big time. So the history of 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 Dick Offenhammer. Uh, he was a native of Buffalo, New York. He starred in football as a halfback and baseball as a catcher at Bennett High School and at Colgate University in Hamilton, New York. At Colgate, he started at right halfback on the 1934 football team, which only lost to Ohio State 
and again on the successful 1935 team. For the Colgate baseball team, Offenhammer hit 380 Ooh. as a senior, playing both catcher and as an outfielder. He also was an intramural light heavyweight boxing champion all four years at Colgate. After graduating Colgate in 1936, he was an English teacher and the head football coach at Kenmore High School. Kenmore, uh, you know, that, that famous brand by Sears in Buffalo, mm. New York. In 1939, he played summer baseball in the Cape Cod Baseball League, made famous by the movie Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, play- I was about to say, <laughs> is a real? I watched a movie about It is that. a real movie. <laughs> yes, Freddie Prince Jr. and yes. Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel, like he gives up a, a oh. perfect game to go get Jessica Biel, whatever. Sorry for spoiling that movie for you. Enjoy. <laughs> the only reason I know about the Cape Cod There you go. That's, that's a lot of people's only reason they know about the Cape Cod Baseball League. Uh, he- Jordan is going to have to go back to the beginning of this ex- of this episode and give a content warning because uh, we're about to spoil a whole bunch of Spoil a bunch of shit. Oh my we God. spoiled Back to the Future 3 and we spoiled the classic movie Summer Catch oh. with Freddie Prince Jr. and also Matthew Lillard. Can you believe he was in it along with Freddie Prince Jr.? No way. Uh, all right. So- and mild spoilers for Kindergarten Cup. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Too. This is our film review podcast. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, from after the the Cape Cod Baseball League, he was playing catcher for the league's Harwich Mariners. From 1936 through 1946, his Kenmore teams compiled an outstanding record of 50 and 7, capturing Niagara, the Niagara Frontier League, otherwise known as the real NFL championships in 1943 1944 and 1945 that's right the real nfl is the niagara frontier league that's right Mm -hmm. take that adam schefter from 1946 to 1955 he was the head coach of the freshman football team at colgate in 1955 often hammer was recruited by the university of buffalo president dr clifford c furness to revive the school's football team Offenhammer went on to serve as the head coach at Buffalo from 1955 to 1965, compiling a record of 58, 37, and 5. I just want to point out that every time you say Offenheimer, it's starting to sound like Oppenheimer to me. Yes. (laughs) And this is going to be our Oppenheimer review. Oppenheimer. Yes, I didn't see it yet, but apparently there's a bomb. Spoiler alert, the bomb goes off. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Oh my God. We're just spoiling everything. He spends a ton of the movie coaching Buffalo. It's the way he does. So wild. Uh, In 1984, wow, uh, Oppenheimer's still alive. Often... (laughs) Offenhammer was inducted to the University of Buffalo Athletics Hall of Fame, and in 1985, he was inducted into the Colgate Athletics Hall of Fame for baseball. 1998, he was inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. Buffalo was his first head coaching job, and he took over a team that had only won four games in the three years before he took over. Oh, Oh, Yes. So I have... The yearbook, which again, I get really giddy when I find yearbooks for these teams. I love this. The yearbook itself, the scan is really bad. So some of the pages are just like at horrible angles, which I feel like it makes it even more sickos because you can only read it a little bit. I did this for Jordan. I took a picture of the University of Buffalo band. Ooh. That's the first one for you there. Oh, they're great. Oh, look at those uniforms. Yes. I want those boots. That's right. I want those boots. They're amazing. They're yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that for, for, for Jordan and, and, and Beth. They, 
Beth, they if really you love that you, stuff. If you think you look boxy in a polo and slacks, let me talk to you about a blazer, that, an ill-fitting men's blazer on a woman oh, with yeah. whatever that dress is, so that skirt a is. A straight skirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not... I'm very sorry. I'm extremely sorry. However, I like the Boucher saxophones in the front row. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That is. Oh, my God. See? Those are top hats, my they, friend. They that are. was just for you. That Ooh. was just for you, both of you right there. Thank I put you. that in there for that. I know y'all love that stuff. Um, so I have some pictures from the season, like Bucket moves to stop the Yellow Jacket star receiver. And then there's a picture that has no context. It just says, feeding the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> They look like they're drinking out of flasks, right? It has to be it. Or like, it, no, they're, maybe they're eating something. I don't know. I don't. It does, her nickname, it does her nickname is actually the furnace. <laughs> the only thing that I can think about here is that the person that hired Offenhammer was named Dr. Clifford C. Furnace. Like F-U-R-N-A-S. And then maybe it's that, but they have this mischievous look. And it says feeding with that apostrophe, the furnace. She's drinking out of a flask. She's, That's why. She got something going on there. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, but she got a fur coat on and he's got a he's got a twinkle in his eye. I don't know what's going on there. It's important to make sure you wear like one of your backup minks to football games mm-hmm. so that if you spill mustard on it, you're not that upset. This is a really good point, Beth. Yes. yes. The Buffalo Bulls played their games at home in two different stadiums. Stadium one. It was War Memorial Stadium, which was colloquially, I can't even say that right. Colloquially. Colloquially. Jesus Christ. Uh, it, was also, it was also known as the Rock Pile. It was an outdoor football, baseball, and soccer stadium in Buffalo. It was opened in 1937 as uh, Roche Memorial Stadium. The venue was later known as Grover Cleveland Stadium and Civic yeah. Stadium. We don't name enough don't things after Grover Cleveland anymore. You notice no, that? I wonder if yeah. they named it after him, and then they named it after something else, and then they named it after him again. Uh, <laughs> that would be oh, really there good. we go. That's good. Yeah, that's right. The stadium was home to the Canisius Golden Griffins, the Buffalo Tigers of the AFL, the Buffalo Bills of the AAFC, the Buffalo Bulls, which this is the team that I'm talking about right now, the Buffalo Bills again of the AFL-NFL, the Buffalo Bisons of the their baseball team, the Buffalo White Eagles of the ECPSL, the Buffalo Blazers of the NSL, the Buffalo Bisons of the ELAA, and then the Canisius Golden Griffins again of the NCAA. Man, there's just something going on every week. Seriously. What is- Wait, there's yeah, more at the stadium of the known as the Rock Pile. It also had a racetrack and hosted several several NASCAR events. Hell yeah. Oh God. Hmm. No time for a jazz festival there. None. <laughs> uh, the venue was demolished in 1989 and replaced with the Johnny B. Oh, Wiley Amateur Athletic Sports Pavilion, which retains the em- entrances from the original stadium. So oh, cool. if you want to scroll down, here's what it looked like back in the day. And then now the entrances are there. 
It's so incredible. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. No. What did you do? It's kind of cool, It's so God. cool. It is so awesome. Like, that, those are old. Like, that's got to be, like, works progress stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's, that's mm-hmm. WPA builds. It looks that For way. For sure. Yeah. It was but built now it's in just, 1937, so that's definitely yeah. the worst progress. WPA. Listener, you might be thinking that this just means that, like, they put a football stadium and they just repurpose the entrances. Nope. No, that is not what is going on here. The The entrances, which were on the corner, on two corners of the stadium, are now in the uh in the far right field corner of a baseball stadium, and the other one is in center field, leading, from what I can tell, nowhere. Can you Beautiful. sit on what used to be the roof? It like the one in center field has sort of like green monster energy. It does, but I think those are just air conditioning units. Yeah. I don't know what they're air conditioning because it has sort of like a power station look now. This is bonkers. No I have idea. so many questions. I know. It's it's amazing. I loved it and I had to throw that picture in there because it's it's fantastic. It's the worst place to park during a baseball game because you can park anywhere else around the stadium and have a lovely view instead unless you park behind one of these things. Yes, for for real. Uh I don't know if they they do them as like ticket offices. I don't know what they use them for, but it's just incredible that they like we're going to tear down the stadium but we're going to keep the two entrances that we had. I love oh you, Buffalo. <laughs> so great. All right. So that's just their first stadium. Uh, stadium 2, uh, it was known as Rotary Field, not as fun, of course, uh, is a former athletic stadium in Buffalo on the south campus of the University of Buffalo. It was the home field for the Buffalo Bulls football teams from 1920 to 1942, and then again from 1955 and 19- to 1984. The field at Bailey Avenue and Winspear Avenue on the southeast corner of UB's South Campus, opened with UB's season opener against Teal College on October 9th, 1920. Yes! What? Teal yes! legend. What Teal. Earth? Teal College. I love it. Go cats. Go goddamn cats. That's right. So <laughs> podcast member Beth, podcast squatter Beth, yes. Uh, yeah, her, her college, her first game mm-hmm. ever played in the stadium was Teal. But I was like, okay. Let's dig a little bit further. The field was initially known as simply University of Buffalo Field until the Buffalo chapter of Rotary International donated $250,000 uh, for the creation Whoa. for the creation of a proper athletic field or stadium that the same shall be known as Rotary Field. Construction with bleachers with a capacity of 7,500 at Rotary Field was completed in time for next year's season opener, another Buffalo and Teal game. Yes. <laughs> On October Teal twice. Teal football out here changing the world. Changing the world (laughs) in Buffalo. To the schedule. Let's go. (laughs) After all this Teal stuff. They opened on the road at Harvard. At Harvard Stadium in Boston, Massachusetts. But guess what? Buffalo sinks Harvard in the mud. Six to three. O'Grady blocked a kick. Paved the way for Botini's touchdown. I love this thing here. This was, this was uh, Offenheimer. You know, Offenhammer. Heimer. You got me with You're losing it. You're losing it. I'm losing it. Damn it. I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl. In a, I'm sorry. That's the wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> Life in plastic. It's fantastic. Uh, all right. So that whole the, album. That, that whole album slaps for the Aqua Aquarium. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you guys. Great, 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 great album. 
my dad sent me an AI generated Johnny Cash cover of that song, and it's and I was like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. Ready for I hate AI. That's right. The internet was a mistake. Internet. But then I was like, oh, maybe I love it. Anyway, sorry. sorry. I can't right. listen to Barbie Girl anymore because my ex-husband uh, listened to the Spanish version of oh, it no. as his cleaning song for two entire summers, and Jesus. so like, it breaks my brain now. What? That's okay. too much. That's, that's yeah. Weird. All right. Son las plástico. Es fantástico. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Got my title. Thank you, Beth. Nailed it. <laughs> How am I supposed to? I'm sending you all the Johnny Cash Barbie Girl thing now, so you can all enjoy it, too. I can't go further. I can't do any more after that. Son las plástico. All right. Uh, <laughs> this was the University of Buffalo's finest hour. The battling bulls completely disregarded by the Oz wizard who did not make a point price on the game. They didn't even set a line. They did not believe in the bulls at all. They upset Harvard 6-3 before 6,000 people, uh, 6,000 soaked spectators at Harvard Stadium, uh, rocked on their heels by a crimson field goal in the first quarter. Uh, Dick often hammers. I'm still I'm struggling. It's it's gonna keep going now. It's it's too much. This is my fault. They they again it's it's perfect. This is what our podcast is. Uh they acted like champions after the intermission, and then they blocked a kick by Joe yes. O'Grady and Nick Bartini's recovery in the end zone for a touchdown. So they blocked the punt to beat Harvard and they, they went up one and oh. Often Hammer said we will give them a decent game if our ends stay healthy. And that's, I'm talking about confidence, uh, confidence right there. You know, if, if our ends stay healthy, we're going to give them a decent game, folks. And that's, that, is, that is some 1950s motivation for you right there. The next game, they go to Cortland at Cortland, New York. Buffalo nipped. Which is a subway stop. It is. It is a subway stop. They nipped mm-hmm. Cortland 7-6 for the second win. The University of Buffalo a football team came from behind in the fourth quarter uh, to remain undefeated with a 7-6 triumph over, over stubborn Cortland. Van Valkenburg ran for four, then took Olivero short flip on a first down uh, to the 14. On the ensuing play, he went all the way, breaking off tackle and simply fighting his way into the end zone. Now it was up to Buffalo's Bill Brogan, the extra point kicker. Buffalo needed a two-point conversion like a moose needed a hat rack. I, wait. What? <laughs> Hold up. Wait. So so it didn't need it. They didn't need it. No. And I'm like, okay. I had okay. to read this a couple of times. They didn't need a two-point conversion because a moose doesn't necessarily need a hat rack. Got but, it. Okay. I, okay. Yes. Yes. Sir. Isn't, I, I would argue that a moose, there are two reasons moose don't need hat racks. Number one, they don't wear hats. Number two, they are their own hat racks. They have yes. the hat rack attached to their head already. It's it's like we always say, be the hat rack you want to see in the world. Moose in hats. With Olivera <laughs> holding, <laughs> Bill Brogan booted the ball squarely between the posts, and they held on for the win. They gained strength and, and just shut them down everywhere. Their next game is at now, Western Reserve in Cleveland, Ohio. This is before they became Case Western Reserve. Before we go there, I just... That last one, it was there. Like, I know it's technically true, but I feel it's kind of weird to say remain undefeated when they're only two and zero. Hey, that counts. It counts. It, it does count. Like, like I know it's technically true, but I'm thinking more like four and zero, five and zero to remain undefeated. One in a row. One, one in a row. row. One in a row. One in a row. <laughs> Again, we did the Northwestern podcast here. 
we were going to cheer for one in a row, two in a row. True. They're going to remain undefeated. Uh, we're going to do that. So I, it does feel weird. But again, two games in a row is is what they technically call a winning streak. I'm going to lean on that this season. That's yep. right. Do that. Yeah, hold Go on right ahead. Use that where you need to use that. Yeah. That's right. Do that. Do that on the Flamin' Couch Parade. Their third game of the year, they're on the road again at, at, at Western Reserve in Cleveland, Ohio. The Bulls, again, they fall down. They get down. They tend to, to fall down, but they come back and they, they win 19-6. to The University of Buffalo put another great football show on the road today, coming from behind for a 19-6 conquest of Western Reserve to bring a perfect 3-0 record into Saturday's homecoming game with Baldwin Wallace at Rotary Field. So if you look at the stats there, really no differences in any team. But uh, check out the fumbles. Lost three, lost four. Jesus. And so, and UAB picked up three interceptions. Sorry, UAB. Yeah, Buffalo picked up three interceptions. So that's seven turnovers for Western Reserve? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was a, there was a, there was a lot of turnovers. Their next game, finally, their first game at home, and it's a literal homecoming because this is their first game at home. They get, they get crushed by Baldwin Wallace. They lose 26-0. The team Baldwin Wallace was coached by Lee Trestle. That's right. That's Jim Trestle's father. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Going to put a pin in that information right now. Just put a pin right there. Put it. What is INS UB Skein? 26-0. I have no idea what Skein means or Skein or no it's idea a, what that means. It's like a, it's like a thing of yarn. Yeah, so yeah. it's a length of a yarn. Skein, yeah, 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 skein. Yes. So, but what does that have? What does that have to do with you? Be okay, Maybe never mind. They're using it the way that we would use like streak now. Yes. Okay. Sounds great. Like they're think they're thread. They cut yeah. it or something. Okay. So I saw some notes from this game, and I saw it in the yearbook. So it said, "Jackets Brady confounds bulls with aerial." I'm sorry, aerial show. So I'm like, okay, there's an aerial show. So I'm, I'm expecting like a crazy all-out passing attack. So I look into the thing. It says the slightly fabulous athlete completed 12 or 20 passes for 228 yards. Hey, that's not bad. Better than 50%. Yeah. And 228 yards. We'll count it. Two went for touchdowns and two went for two-point conversions. I want to just note what Lee Trestle said. At the end of this game. So the coach of the team that defeated Buffalo here. I don't want to take anything away from his performance today, but he was better again, uh, two weeks ago against New Haven. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So. Also, I want to point out that Ariel show sounds like a Mike Leach offense. It, I just want to point it that does, out. It does, but it was 20 passes yeah. from the five foot 10 oh. junior from Sandusky weighing only 165 pounds. Again, put a pin in this one. This is Buffalo's only loss for the year. The Bulls never lost again. They rattled off five straight wins to finish 8-1. and one. Their last game of the year, so I'll just read what they, they did. They beat Columbia 34-14. They beat Temple 54-6. They, beat, they went to Wayne State, and they beat them 44-14. Then they went to Lehigh, and they beat Lehigh 34-26. And then their final game, at Rotary Field, they played Bucknell, and they beat Bucknell 38 nothing for their eighth win. Oh, Nellies. Oh, mm. right. That's right. So after this, Buffalo was rumored for a Tangerine Bowl bid. 
Nice. But they were vying with Rutgers for the Tangerine Bowl bid. So the University of Buffalo football team, after doing a workmanlike job on Bucknell yesterday afternoon, late last night, was sitting back waiting, impatiently waiting a Tangerine Bowl bid. Last night, it appeared that the competition for the northern spot on the program was between Buffalo and Rutgers. The Associated Press reported that Rutgers had received an invitation, this is in quotes, to the Tangerine Bowl, but would not reveal a decision on acceptance or rejection until sometime today or tomorrow. However, one Florida source claimed that Buffalo claimed that Buffalo was the hottest thing in Orlando, home of the Tangerine Bowl. That's right. That's a curse sentence, Jesus. University of Buffalo is the hottest thing in Orlando. That's right. Hot bulls in your area. (laughs) Uh, uh, Hold up. Hot bulls. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. You don't want to know this about USF. No. Oh, oh, so the Floridian so said flatly that UB, University of Buffalo, will be tendered the bid Monday and will accept. Jack Morgan, chairman of the Tangerine Bowl Selection Committee, told UB officials yesterday that, that the Buffalo school ranks very, very high on our list. So here's here's some articles, uh, da- some clips from that. I need to know if Jack Morgan is related to like John Morgan of Morgan and Morgan. I'm Who, researching that. I mean, that's going to be tough because his name is Jack Morgan, but he was the chairman. I know. You could try ter- chairman of the Tangerine Bowl. So, oh, good. I just want to appreciate the one Florida source claimed UB was the hottest thing in Orlando because that's very like twitter message board energy like i know a guy and he totally told me this it's real i promise yeah this guy that said this is also like a club promoter yeah seriously (laughs) again hot hot bulls in your area so the orlando source who insisted that uh, ub is a tangerine bowl is tangerine bowl bound said that should the bid be turned down by UB, it would go to Miami of Ohio, not to Rutgers. But he re- he reiterated, UB will accept. The Tangerine Bowl game will be played December 27th in a stadium which seats 13,500. There is a possibility that the game will be televised nationally. Dick, Dick Offenhammer, from the instant this game ended, was at the mercy of his friends en route to the dressing room and then in it. The UB football boss was at the receiving end of the most enthusiastic congratulatory pummeling. So, so his friends were beating the shit out of him happily? Basically. So it, it, it reminds me of like you hit a home run and then as soon as you hit home plate, they all smack you on the head. Yeah. With your helmet. Even though you got a helmet, it still hurts. It's not it's not fun. It's just you're just getting smacked on the head. So that's what I'm imagining. So often Hammer said that I could burst. Then the coach made made the rounds, passing out twenty five cent cigars. The cigars were approved. The coach and his aides and the athletes were celebrating the nineteen fifty eight uh, season, celebrating the birth of a new exciting football era at the University of Buffalo. With a box of cigars in one hand and a fistful of twenty twenty five centers in the other, Offenheimer, oh Offenheimer stepped up to the muscular tackle Sam Sanders. 
Sam reached in for a couple and said, I don't smoke, coach, but my father does. Damn. <laughs> the racing bulls in their last five games have converted ballparks, both at home and away, into touchdown factories. Over that span, 29 touchdowns bearing the UB trademark have been manufactured by the Buffalo athletes. So Buffalo was actually nominated and won something called the Lambert Cup. Oh, very cool. It's the em- it was emblematic of supremacy in the Eastern United States, small college football. Basically, we can kind of consider this the Division II national title at the time. Uh, and we could just credit the Bulls with the Division II national title because technically there wasn't really Division II at the time uh, until they like broke out a little bit. So they're national champions. They won the Lambert Medal- Meadowlands Trophy Cup. So scroll down a little bit. It's official. The Bulls received the Lambert Cup. The Lambert Cup awarded for the second year goes to the top small college team in the East. It went to Lehigh one year. Dick Offenhammer's Bulls clinched the silverware with a 38-0 romp over Bucknell last Saturday. This was their eighth victory in nine starts. Their only setback was by Baldwin Wallace. The winners later announced they had unwittingly used an ineligible player. Oh, yeah. Pressel cheating. No way. No, sorry. You think the kid was ineligible because he got a free tattoo? Just cheats everywhere down at Balding Walrus. That's right. <laughs> walrus? Balding Walrus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 Balding Walrus now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I said it. Come at me, Hornets. <laughs> Come outside the Hornets, they're gonna they're gonna swarm you. Uh Buffalo's outstanding season earned an invitation to the Tangerine Bowl on December twenty seventh in Orlando, Florida. The players have voted to accept the bid. Uh, Buffalo led through most of the season in the Lambert Cup voting by 10 selectors. It wound up with nine and a half points of a possible 10. Five voters placed uh, Buffalo first, five rated it second. Following Buffalo were Westchester at 8.4, Williams 8.0, Rochester at 6.5, Connecticut 4.4, Delaware 3.7, Juinata, I have no idea how to say that one. (laughs) Is that a, like a really bad Pennsylvania pronunciation yes. that has not come up? Do it. Do it. Do the Pennsylvania pronunciation. Do it. It was on the list for the pronunci- pronunciation game, yeah, by the is. way. I totally uh, but forgot. It's, it's Juniata. Juniata. All right. 3.3. No. Juniata. You got to lean into the ah. Juniata. Juniata. There you go. Wait, wait, okay. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes that way. Okay. <laughs> Gettysburg 3.1. Tufts 2.5. And Lafayette 2.1. So they are the Lambert Cup winners. As I told you earlier, that the program, the yearbook was kind of scanned funny. So this is oh, a little bit so, This is so bad. This is so bad. So the 1958 edition of the Bulls compiled a final eight wins and one loss record. So I'm like, okay, they've only played nine games. What happened here? Like they got the bowl game. What happened to this bowl game? There's going to be a twist here that is really going to kind of throw us all off here. So, uh, Buffalo opened the season in, in mud and rain, conquering the, the Cantabs of Harvard. The victory was an upset to everyone except Coach Dick Offenheimer, or Hammer. To his players, notable mention should be made to Gordon Bacady, Joe O'Grady, Bill Brogan, and Lou Real for their excellent playing in the Harvard game. Buffalo, after defeating Harvard, successfully beat its next two opponents. Hold up the- one sec. Every time in this article, the official yearbook, it says, it says Offenheimer. 
Hmm. What the fuck are we doing here? I, Oppenheimer. It's the what collab. And, uh, again, it's like the it's like the Bernstein Bears or the Bernstein. Oh my god! Bears. Yeah, it's so, the Mandela effect. It, it, I'm so I have no idea. Wait, in this timeline, does Pikachu's tail have the black thing? I don't know. Oh my god! Maybe they're not F's. Maybe they're just long S's. But they're actually supposed to be P's because no one knew how those worked. <laughs> Uh, who who knows? Again, we got We're probably in the middle of going back in time to put everybody back in their conferences. So, like, some of the stuff is getting crossed up in the effect here. So, the Bulls next fell victim to Baldwin Wallace, or otherwise Balding Walrus, uh, powerhouse of Ohio. The combination of their aerial circus and ground offensive proved too much for the Bulls. The return to the friendly confines of Civic Stadium. And Coach Dick Offenhammer, or Heimer, whatever, sprang many surprises in UB's conquest of Columbia. Individual stars of the game were Ken Bourne, Gordy Bacchetti, Paul Sissamendi, area. <laughs> I totally messed that up. Jack Welch, <laughs> Tom McGoogle, and Jerry Gurgley. Got them gurgly eyes. Wait. They, they the <laughs> okay. So, was that the name of the guy? Uh, that they always made fun of Jerry in like parks and recreation, gurgly. Jerry, his... Larry, Gary. Yeah, was was that his name, gurgly? I don't know. No, Jerry Gurgich. Gurgich, yeah. close enough. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Following the Columbia game, the United Press International voted Buffalo coach Dick Often Hammer or Heimer coach of the week. Uh, uh, Buffalo regards our coach as tops every week. Uh, UB then pounced over Temple, Wayne, Lehigh, and Bucknell. At the final finale of the season, UB received a bid for the Tangerine Bowl in Orlando. But wait, it's what, 1958? And oh, they're, fuck. And they're going it's to the South. Oh, no. Yeah. So, dun, dun, dun. Sorry for the bummer here, folks. But because of racial discrimination, Buffalo turned down the bid. Much credit is due to the stand taken by the University of Buffalo. The Bulls were a recipient of the Lambert Cup, which is symptomatic of the most outstanding team in the small Eastern colleges. The Baby Bulls 11 ended their 1958 football season with a 59 nothing route over the University of Rochester freshman. Get uh, fuck you, Spin. That's right. <laughs> so I got I got a couple of different, uh, some photos here, and I got a little bit more information on, on what occurred regarding the racial discrimination that happened in Orlando, unfortunately, of course. Okay, okay. Before we get to serious things, yes. I need everyone to scroll down to the top of the next page and look oh, at that one no. photo. That's I was I was like, before we get serious, go, yeah, please do. This is why I put all the funny photos here. So you have Jesus the UB holds Harvard, then you have Ken Bourne surrounded by owls, uh, moves for a ten yard gain. Then on the next page, it says Western Reserve back is halted by UB. Then you have this floating head in the yearbook <laughs> that has no name. It is just a floating head. I don't know what is going on here, but we need to put this floating head in the Discord chat. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, You've done it already. Yeah. Perfect. It is just a floating head. And a dude with feet for hands? And a dude that looks like he has... Oh, he does look like he has feet for hands. I feel like his knuckles are in the ground, but the way this photo yeah. is cropped is not good. But he looks like he's, so, he's also sporting what I have to imagine is the 1950s version of the thigh gap. And by that, I mean... It's like they have scooped out his thighs. Yes. <laughs> and his Every his whole like chest situation makes no earthly sense. None whatsoever. Everybody has to start somewhere with Photoshop. That's right. They started in 1958. Uh, then there's Coach Often. Again, look, in the yearbook, it's spelled differently God again. Damn it. Damn it, Buffalo. Spell his name right. Is it Offenheimer or Offenhammer? You, you, you're messing me up here. In the, pre 
keep in mind in the previous article they spelled Lehigh Lay. Yeah, I know. So, like, we're, we're on the struggle bus big time with spelling. Buffalo, the the uh, the Buffalonian yearbook is really got us fucked up right now. The Buffalo yearbook names are so good. They're I have found so, so many good, good. ones. They're Buffalonian so, though is great. Buffalonian is great. So it says coach often hammer reviews quarterback prospects. And I'm just like he's just standing there, and they're all I closing. Love that. It's so ridiculous. Ah. Oh. Then there's, yeah, it's just just chilling there. So George Maui breaks away for a gain as Bucknell defenders close in. And then there's the cheerleaders. So you have the first row of the cheerleaders. And then you have the second row of the cheerleaders. And, and then there's there's two bulls in the middle of the cheerleaders. Oh, shit, I didn't even see them. You didn't even see them. You can't even see them. Like, you don't even recognize. Like, they're just blending in with the cheerleaders. There's one on the left, and then there's one oh, on like, yeah. the second row on the so, right. So we, like, they're real bulls. Yes. We need to discuss these bulls because discuss. those bulls, yeah, those bulls are Buster. Mm-hmm. One of them is Buster 1. According to their Wikipedia page, this would be his second year serving as a mascot. Mm-hmm. Buffalo acquired its, for its live mascot. When Mike Todd and Elizabeth Taylor gave uh, UB's cheerleaders a seven-month-old Black Angus Irish Dexter bull named Buster. Wait, wait, wait. That Elizabeth Taylor? I, it, it's a link, so very possibly. Yes, oh my God. that Elizabeth okay, so, Taylor. So she had white diamonds. Yeah. And, and then she's giving out bulls to, like, the Buffalo yeah. Bulls. Love it. I here's, love it. Here's, here's the thing about bulls. Most teams that use a bull actually use a steer for really obvious reasons. Not Buffalo. As Buster matured, he became increasingly bad-tempered. No shit. And had to be replaced by Buster 2. So it's likely that this is a transitional picture, because you can't usually keep bulls around people once they get past about three. So... I'm doing some additional reading about this. Uh, so the the bulls are also they are Dexter bulls, which are Irish gre- Irish pocket cows, basically. Okay. <laughs> they are small. It's a teacup mascot. Yes. I'm sorry, an Irish pocket cow. What? <laughs> 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 The Dexter is an Irish breed of small cattle originated in the 18th century in County Kerry, but the whole thing is that they're sort of half size. They're Aye. they're small, pocket sized for your convenience. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying to figure out like why. So Mike Todd was Elizabeth Taylor's third husband. Wait, she had like eight, right? Or yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Taylor was his third wife, and mm. she was yeah third. third. They're they're each other's thirds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Time. Where was Richard Burton before or after this? Uh, he was after this. Okay. No Bo- idea. Both times she was married to Richard Burton was after this. Okay, got it. Yep. Because you're right. There were two times. But I'm just trying to figure out like what the connection to Buffalo is, and I am finding nothing in their Wikipedia page. Weird. I'm assuming it's drugs. Weird. The gateway to Canada. Who knows? Buffalo's mascot is no longer Buster, but uh, Buffalo's mascot is now Victor E. Bull. Oh yeah, the big bull, the big blue bull thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we need to go into the heavy stuff here a little bit? Okay. Go. Heavy. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try to lighten the mood, even though this sucks. This is crap. This is what happened to them. So the university at Buffalo's first bowl bid was to this game. They got the bid to the Tangerine Bowl. The Tangerine Bowl Commission hoped that the Orlando High School Athletic Association, which is the O H 
USAA, which operated the stadium, would waive its rule that prohibited integrated sporting events. When it refused, the team, the Buffalo team, voted to skip the bowl because its two black players, halfback Willie Evans and end Mike Wilson, would have not been allowed on the field, which, again, is a bunch of bullshit. It kind of works here because they're the Bulls. There's a, a columnist by the name of Charlie Wrong, uh, Charlie Young, not wrong. Uh, Charlie Young says the Orlando board throws a curve. The culprit who threw the curve that put the University of Buffalo out of the Tangerine Bowl Stadium is the Orlando High School Athletic Association. That's a group of businessmen who have a 50-year lease on the city-owned football field. Joel Wells, the HSAA secretary, says that the standard rental contract contains a clause prohibiting mixing of races in the sports contest. The oh, standard clause. Standard clause back in 1958, all right? The association hid behind the smokescreen of technicality in a sleazy maneuver that hardly reflects reflects credit on the city or the businessmen involved actually the association achieved its dubious goal by doing nothing at all the tangerine bowl committee asked for a waiver of the intermingling of races clause did it ever give a definite yes or no answer it did not no such exhibition of fortitude came from the association instead came a statement that it would be presumptuous to think that the Elks Club, which sponsors the game, would even consider a legal breach of the contract. The association didn't come right out and say, but keep your Negro players at home. Instead, oh, it hid fuck that noise. Instead, it hid behind a technicality that practically dared the Tangerine Bowl committee to bring Buffalo, the Buffalo team to Orlando. So again, just a bunch of shit. I mean, just a bunch of crap. Just, I mean, let them play in the game. Literally, since they're the Bulls, this is a bunch of bullshit. Buffalo and Orlando group agreed that there was no bowl game for the Bulls. The Tangerine Bowl tried to get them to move the bowl game to a different location to try to get them in a bowl. The word today from Jack Morgan, the chairman of the Tangerine Bowl committee, said, we sincerely regret that we will not be able to extend a second invitation to Buffalo to play in the Tangerine Bowl game. We inspected the alternate sites that were offered Sunbrock Stadium. I'm sorry, Sunback Speedway in another high school stadium, and they found that they were definitely not suitable for the bowl game. At best, it would have been a poor substitute. The University of Buffalo, I know, would not have been satisfied with either alternate site. Rather than invite Buffalo to a game that really wasn't a bowl game, would have been unfair to the school. So they tried to like basically change the bowl site, and they just couldn't do it. Uh, there are two fantastic articles on both of this here. So there's one, which is from N-M-A-H-C-E-D-U. It's called The the Bond of Brothers. This is a fantastic article we need to plug whenever we do the podcast. Uh, it is from the Smithsonian Museum, the Na National Museum of African American History and Culture. Basically, they tell the story of this. And, you know, that's where I got the picture from. You know, the Buffalo teammates were behind the two friends, they did not want to go play in this bowl game because they wouldn't be allowed to play. And they all banded together and they decided not to play. There's also a, a fantastic New York Times article that, that was from 2008, which basically celebrated the 50th anniversary of this team. Because guess what? Buffalo would not be invited to a bowl game or be bowl eligible for another 50 years. God, that's... That fucking sucks. 
So there's an article from the University of Buffalo here, which I, I found here. Uh, the University of Buffalo did two things this season that proved it really had grown up in intercollegiate sports. First when, was when Buffalo refused to accept a forfeit victory over Baldwin Wallace, or otherwise known as, as Balding Walrus, and they beat the Bulls 26 nothing, but used an ineligible player, and they offered to award it a victory to UB. I'm going to give you that victory, Buffalo. You're undefeated. You're getting that victory from the Sickos Committee. Said the Bulls, in effect, the games are played and won on the field. You won it, and that's the way the record stays. I don't care. They they cheated. Buffalo, you get the win in our eyes. You're undefeated this year. Uh, and then second was when Chancellor Clifford C. Furness flatly rejected the Tangerine Bowl. UB had, had two African-American players, and the Chancellor took the right stand and said, you take us, all of us, are not at all. Willie Evans, a brilliant back, and Mike Wilson, a capable end, helped make this... Ouch. Ouch. Huh? A brilliant, a brilliant back and a capable end. Those... Uh, well, I mean, Mike Wilson was technically a backup and on the team. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, I'll, I'll give you that one there. So they helped make this a great winning season for the Bulls. The bowl game reward was as much for them as any member of the squad. Strangely, it was Evans who wasn't very keen on accepting the bowl anyway, but the segregation issue had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Willie's a married man and working his way through school. He needed the extra money he could earn during the Christmas holiday to help support his family. Shout out to Willie Evans. I mean, he's like, no, nah, you know, it's okay. I probably shouldn't go to the bowl game. I need to work to support my family. But give a shout out to Willie Ev Evans and, and Mike Wilson. And the entire Buffalo team, they're like, hey, this is 1958. We support everything. This is before the Civil Rights Act in 1964. So huge shout out to the 1958 Buffalo team. And again, I had to make the comment, a trestle using ineligible players. Again, no way. What? No, no way. way. <laughs> No way! I can't believe that a trestle would do that. Truly a tradition like no other. The trestles on CBS. As, yeah. Uh, As an Orlando delegate, I'm really glad that Buffalo stood their ground. Yeah. That's embarrassing for Orlando. Just embarrassing. So I really wish Buffalo would have gotten a chance to go to the bowl game. That bowl game, I don't. I, I thought I marked it down, but I, I'm not sure who actually went to that bowl game. It was it was Missouri Valley, which is an AIA school, and East Texas State, which is A&M Commerce. Yeah, so Buffalo was scheduled to play Florida State in this game. Like that, yeah. That didn't happen. I don't know what happened with Florida State. I didn't look it up. But they won the, the Lambert Cup, and then there's the trophy of the Lambert Cup and the plaque with the Lambert Cup being the I, I, again i'm calling them division two ch uh, national champions it's at the time call, yeah hell yeah we're gonna call it that way and i mean just a phenomenal team they also did a fantastic outside the lines on this team 2008 espn outside the lines they did that one there uh because their first bowl game since 2000 uh i'm sorry 1958 was in 2008 uh turner gill was their head coach and they led oh, them yeah. to their first ever bowl game Florida State in 1958 ended up going to the Bluegrass Bowl and playing Oklahoma State, and we lost. 1958 was also evidently the beginning of the uh, Florida State-Florida rivalry. Oh, you're right, because it was the weekend. It was November, yeah, November 22nd that year. But that was the first. And the first we bowl. lost that year. So, again, they declined the bowl bid for, for, I mean, righteous reasons. Like, they didn't make another bowl game until 2008. They didn't win their first bowl game until they won their first ever Bahamas Bowl in 2019. 
uh, over Charlotte, 31-9. They did make a couple of different bowl games, but they didn't get their first win. They they made the International Bowl, which is no longer in existence. They lost to UConn. They made the Potato Bowl, but lost to San Diego State in 2013. Uh, They made the Dollar General Bowl in 2018, but lost to Troy. But then they finally won their first bowl game. Uh, with Lance uh, Leipold. They beat Charlotte. They won the next year. Uh, They won the uh, Camellia Bowl against Marshall in 2020. And then 2022, last year, Maurice Linguist won uh, won the Camellia Bowl again over uh, Kyle Van Treese and Georgia Southern. It all comes back together. Everything comes back together. Again, shout out to Buffalo. We got one more team to go in the BSOATFT. B I can't wait to find out who that is. I have no yeah. idea. Could it be the commissions like team that he roots for? No idea. No. Maybe. Well, folks, that's what we got for today. I hope everyone has a good evening. And we will see you one weekend closer to the season to the season. We're almost there, guys. Yeah. So close. So close.